everybody. I'm sorry, I have a little bit of a cold that I'm, um, I'm battling, but I am delighted to be back in Goa and to be with all of you. I hope that uh, this will be an interactive session with lots of opportunities for you to ask questions. I know there are these camera men in front of us blocking some of the view. I'm going to stand down there and, uh, and show you some slides in just a moment. But I just wanted to start by thanking Pushkarji and the entire ICG team for, uh, for having me. It's been a wonderful experience. My 20-year-old uh, daughter is, is, is traveling with me and she's here. She will, you'll meet her in a few minutes. I just wanted to ask you, you know, how have you seen social media being used here in Goa in terms of culture, politics, uh, society? Uh, I think uh, at an individual level, I think there are uh, people who use social media regularly and very effectively. Uh, I cannot say the same for institutions. Mm -hmm. So uh, private, smaller institutions, they need to be more effective on social media. Uh, larger institutions, public institutions, definitely not. So there, I would say that there is a size uh, thing which uh, you know, makes uh, some institutions uh, more effective, others less so. At the individual level, uh, to some extent, it's about you know which age group you belong to. So I know my daughter uses social media, uh, definitely Instagram, for example, much more effectively than I do, and she doesn't care about Twitter. So what can you do, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, Facebook, she says, is for old people. So uh, you know, there you go. Uh, but that, that's my sense that the younger age group uh, uses social media more effectively. The older crowd is more towards Facebook and posting photographs with their children and grandchildren and birthday parties and what they are eating and the places they are traveling to. Sure. Uh, for businesses, um, I don't really know, but uh, you know, uh, say say uh, uh, small art galleries, small uh, cultural centers of that sort, uh, it's, it's a mixed picture. But I think everyone recognizes, we do, that uh, social media is there, we have to utilize it better. And uh, at times we just don't know how, or we find that it is very expensive in terms of you know, getting somebody to do it for us, uh, or you know, taking the time to learn to do it effectively, say, myself. Sure, no. sure. Well, that's very helpful. Thank you. Uh, let's do a survey of the room, if we can. How many of you are on Instagram? Raise your hand. Let's look around, actually. Turn around and look. It's quite interesting. Uh, okay, how many of you are on uh, Twitter? Okay, that's surprising. Uh, Facebook? Oh, Facebook is the smallest number. Yeah, that's interesting. LinkedIn. Okay, LinkedIn. Okay, so good, good, good. All right. So as you can see, there's a QR code there, and you can grab the presentation if you want to already. And I hope this is the first of many chances for us to interact. I want to give you my email address. It's right there, as well as my uh, various other platforms and things like that, so you can get it. So I was asked to speak about social media trends in 2024. And it's right that at the end of the year, as we are right now, we look back at what's been working and then look ahead at what's not been working. We look ahead to see what, what, what are things that we can do to be more effective on social media. And um, so my work in, uh, in social has been about using the tools to, be, uh, to get out your business or personal messages to increase your impact as much as, as possible. And uh, one of my students, my former students, said this statement. He said, 
we do some jobs for money and some for the honor and privilege of doing the work. If we get to do both, we're lucky. So I love that so much, I put it on the back of my business card and I printed it. And then to the young people in the room, the students, I encourage you to find work that is, you know, that lets you be, do, do both of this, right? The honor and privilege and not just for the money that, you're, that you get. So here you can see the range of uh, platforms on which uh, you can find me. And you can see on the upper left is, uh, that's LinkedIn, Instagram. This is uh, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Messenger. Venmo and PayPal are US payment services. Uh, this is Twitter, TikTok. Anybody know what this is? Anyone know? one of the world's most important platforms, but Indians are not on it because it was banned in India. This is WeChat. You know, WeChat is um, a Chinese social media app that is in many ways uh, what Elon Musk is trying to make Twitter or X. He's trying to make it into the everything app. Have you heard him say that? The everything app. And so that's one of the, uh, what, what they are doing on, on uh, WeChat is a combination of Twitter, Instagram, shopping, uh, all kinds of things, concert tickets, everything is done on WeChat. So he wants Twitter to be like that, dating service, all of that in one place is what his goal is. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about, you know, you got from Pushkar a very generous, very positive uh, uh, description of my bio, which I'm very grateful for. But I wanna show you that I didn't have uh, just a perfect uh, uh, career. I got to work at the Metropolitan Museum, as you heard, for three years. I had the most wonderful time. I learned a lot, and it was the most meaningful uh, work I did. But they were having financial difficulties, and I lost my job. And I went on Twitter, I went on uh, Facebook, and announced that I lost my job. And uh, I said, please tell me what to do next. And I gave people a, a Google form and said, give me ideas. And I got some great, wonderful ideas and some awful, terrible ideas from people around the world. About 1,400 people filled in this form. And so what was the worst moment of my life became a global digital hug that I got. And I was so grateful for it from to, to, uh, to have that. So if you, um, part of my presentation is everything you see on the screen, you can click and read. So if you have the presentation itself, you'll be able to grab uh, everything on here, including uh, a TV station did an eight-minute segment on me. They followed me from the morning, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., saying, look at this crazy guy talking about losing your job at a time when people didn't do that. Now people talk about it sometimes. but uh, So I tell people about, about you know, when you, when you want to look for work, most people, uh, what I did here is uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I did a 20. I don't recommend it for anybody. But I tell people that you know, you're, you, this is an example of how you use social media to get the word out on something. And I've had the chance to uh, learn a lot through this process. It's very humbling, as you can imagine. In fact, uh, my parents, uh, I, didn't, I, di I told them last that I had lost my job because 
you know, a 46-year-old, they don't know what to do with 46-year-old son who's unemployed. So that was a major, major problem. I, anyway, I, I survived this. I got a job at, uh, at, at uh, City Hall in New York as the Chief Digital Officer of New York City. And I write a lot about technology, and I have a newsletter that I just wanted to tell you about. That's freenet.substack.com. So if you find, uh, if you're interested, you can subscribe to it. Throughout my presentation, I'm going to give you names of ideas, tools, technology, platforms. And it'd be good to have two columns on a piece of paper or on your phone or on your computer or on your laptop if you have it or just on your phone. You can have two columns, things to know now, things to try now, things to try later. You may want to uh, uh, do that. And um, now what I do is after working for the city, I run a digital consultancy called DigiMentors. And we work on helping brands, big and small. We do a lot of work with the UN and various agencies on helping them with their social and digital media. So that's one of the things that we do. So I'm going to spend a minute now telling you about two ways in which I look at the world of communications. And first is through this sentence, that the scarcest resource of the 21st century is human attention. How do we get it, keep it, and grow it? is the most important thing that any of us can do. Human attention can help you address or um, find success in what you're doing. And this was said by the former publisher of the Wall Street Journal. And some of you may disagree, right? You'll say, why is the scarcest resource human attention? Why isn't it clean water, clean air, or things like that? And I would say that the, the way you can get anything done in the world now is through this human attention and getting it and growing it is really, really important. By the way, as I'm speaking, if you have a question, a comment, or anything, or anything you'd like to ask, please just raise your hand. So this is one set of ideas from this work of, uh, of thinking about human attention. The second is through this theory I call the two footprints. And I believe all of us have two footprints. One is our physical footprint. People who know and love our work, who, uh, who are admirers of everything we do, people who uh, have seen us in action, etc. That's our physical footprint. Our digital footprint is everybody else in the world, in the online space. And we, as human beings, spend a lot of time about our physical footprint. How do we make sure we are um, doing our work well, uh, how do the people who know us see us, how do they appreciate what we do? Right? But I don't think we spend enough time thinking about the digital footprint. And I encourage all of you to think about how you can improve your digital footprint. And some of the things we're going to talk about today are going to be about that. So if you don't think enough about your digital footprint, you're leaving opportunities, money, impact on the table. And that's for you to, to consider. So one of the things that I've been honored to do is I work with the Nobel Prizes. They have a foundation and they have a committee. And I, I work with them. And I said to them, you know, why do you want digital help? And they said, we want more impact. And I said, you're the Nobel Prizes. Why do you need more impact? 
And they said they need more impact because we only think of them twice a year when they announce the winners and maybe during the ceremony, right? But they're the Nobel Prizes, the most important awards in the world. So if they feel they need more impact, what about the rest of us? What else can we do to increase the impact of the work that we do? So this is my theory of the two footprints. So I'm going to share with you here what I call my dirty secret of social media, that almost everyone will miss almost everything you do. We have this idea that if you just put something on social media, everybody will see it. Everybody will understand it. Everyone will appreciate it. But the fact is that almost everyone will miss almost everything you do until you make a mistake. And if you're, if you're sitting in the back, you may not see it, but I just added a second sentence there, right? Until you make a mistake, then people, do, people may not see it. Once you make a mistake, then everybody sees it. And we know so many examples here in India and elsewhere in the world about this. I will uh, share with you my AI presentation so you can take a look at it uh, for another time. Um, AI is, uh, as, as you know, has changed the way people are putting together content, right? That's one of the big changes that, that has happened now. And we are seeing it every day in terms of uh, people are adding content on, a, on, on social media using AI, uh, either images or text or uh, articles or any of those things. And so I think that AI has already changed dramatically how people are using social media. And so a lot of poor quality content is now on, on social media, a lot more of it, because people can just easily create photographs, images, all of that. So we're seeing uh, that as a major part of uh, of how people are using uh, social. And I'm sure we'll come to more questions around AI uh, uh, in, in, in our work. Okay, so what I'd, um, what I'd like to do is to talk a little bit about all of us always be learning is about the importance of learning as you're, uh, as you're going about your, your daily life, right? Like what are some new skills you can add to the work that you're doing? And so during the pandemic, I decided that I'm going to learn how to use YouTube as a creator as opposed to a, just a user, uh, as a consumer of YouTube. And I learned something really important about YouTube, about how hard it is to get followers and build um, a following on YouTube. I just learned how hard it is. because I'm, It's partly because I'm old compared to the young people here. But to get a thousand followers on on YouTube was more work than getting five to 10 to 20,000 followers on other platforms. And there are a couple of reasons for this. One is that on YouTube, almost like you're doing retail, one-on-one -on -one getting, one-to-one -one getting a, a one follower at a time on YouTube. Whereas on other platforms, it's, a, it's, it's different. But why do people care so much about who they subscribe to on YouTube and may not care who they follow on Instagram? The reason for that, I think, are two things. One is that when you subscribe to somebody on YouTube, it shows up on your feed in a very particular way that's different from Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. And second, if you connect your YouTube to your TV and you're sitting with your family, 
every decision you made about who to follow comes on your big screen with your family and you don't want that, right? So it's a very unusual situation with YouTube versus, uh, versus other channels. But one of the things we're learning is that in 2024, you're gonna see YouTube is going to be even more important than it is now. And we think about all the other channels, but there's so much you can do on YouTube and should be doing on YouTube. So I'm sure we have some YouTube creators here, the folks who are creating stuff on YouTube, yeah. So I encourage you to uh, spend more time doing uh, YouTube. So one of the ways I think about social media is this uh, comment from my student, Jim Rosenberg. And Jim said that websites are like your home country, but social media is like your embassies. So you have, so if you think about your website is where you're sending, you know, from your social media, you're sending people back to your home country. And therefore, at a time when a lot of people are critical of websites and say websites are not important, I think they continue to play an important role in what we're doing. So let's take a look at the top social networks at the end of the year. And I'm sorry that you can't all see from where you're sitting, but let me read these out loud, right? So Facebook is three billion, YouTube, WhatsApp, Instagram, WeChat, TikTok, Messenger, this is a Chinese platform called Douyin, Telegram, Snapchat, another Chinese, another Chinese, another Chinese, Twitter and Pinterest. So when you look at this list, what are some things that jump out at you? Number one is that Mark Zuckerberg owns one, two, three, um, three, four of the top six platforms are owned by Mark Zuckerberg. That's one thing. What else jumps out at you? Anybody? In a list like this, somebody forgot to put LinkedIn. And LinkedIn has 900 million users, but they forgot to put them on this list. Another thing that jumps out at me is look where Twitter is. So low on this list, right? And, but Twitter makes a lot of noise, but it's down here. And it's always been the case, even before Musk bought it, uh, that there's just a lot of attention and noise around Twitter, even though it's so far much lower than all these other platforms. So something for you to think about as we, uh, as we think about it. the reason Twitter makes so much noise is because journalists are on it, SRK is on it, right? Uh, uh, film stars, celebrities, all of those folks are on it, and that's what you are seeing. So let's talk a little bit about how to master storytelling in 2024? What are some of the things you should be thinking about? So number one is that social media is about storytelling and you should be doing all you can to tell stories online. It's really important. So a way to think about this is if you think, um, if you are trying to tell, a, if you, you know, we try to tell stories by giving as broad and big stories as possible, but it's much better to be much more specific and tell sh small stories. And there's a great writer in the US named Priya Parker, who's Indian. And Priya says that we should all be focused on telling stories rather than focusing on broad themes. So she tells the story of how she went to a funeral. And at the funeral, everybody was sitting, crying. And one of the officials got up and came to the podium. 
And immediately everybody was quiet and listening. And instead of saying anything else, this official started by saying, okay, who parked the, who parked the to blue Toyota in the wrong place? Please move it. Here's where the bathrooms are. And gave logistical information instead of stories about the person. And that's a really important way for all of us to think about the work that we're doing. So I'm going to tell you a story. And this is in 1981. Um, this is a alley in, in between two buildings in um, New York City. And you are, there's a story about a young man who was coming to Columbia University and had to tell his roommate that I'm coming. And he didn't, in those days, there was no social media, no Snapchat, no Twitter, no anything. Uh, so he sent a postcard that I'm coming at this time. He came, no, his roommate wasn't there. He was banging on the door and couldn't get in. And so he was really upset. And so he took his suitcase and went in this alley and slept on top of his suitcase, the first night in New York City. And you can imagine how nervous he was. He had come from another part of uh, the US, uh, didn't know anybody in New York, and was so nervous. Now, if you saw somebody banging at your neighbor's house, would you be, how would you react, right? Would you have helped this young man? Or would you have said, okay, he's, he's gonna sleep in the alley there? So this is a story, some of, some of you may know this, story of Barack Obama's first night in New York City, was sleeping on this suitcase in this alley. Fascinating about it is, imagine if you were a neighbor of Barack Obama, or, or, and would you have said, oh, Mr. P future President, please come and have coffee with us. Please sleep on my couch. Or would you have called the police or something like that, right? So part of the reason I tell you the story is because it's a great story, but also we judge people based on how they appear online, and that's a major problem. So an example of that is, that if someone has 500 followers, we say, okay, he's worth this much, this much. If, he, if someone has 1,000 followers, double of the previous person, right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a real problem in the way uh, technology works. I call it the original sin of social media is having these follower counts. And so we judge people based on how many followers they have, and that's a major issue. So same way here, how you would have judged the future president of the United States, we judge them all the time online. When in fact your follower count doesn't say how valuable or, in, or interesting or important uh, or influential even that you are. So social media is also about visuals and how do we get more visuals into what we're doing. And like I told you the story of Obama, you would have loved that story anyway, but it was improved by this visual of where he lived. It's the same way. So always think about what are you doing with visuals in what you're putting on. Social media is also about moments and how do you capture small moments in time rather than trying to do everything online. So that's something else I think about. Social media is also about trust. How do you trust what you're seeing? How do people trust your content? You know, when they retweet, repost, take your story, take your image and put it on their IG story, that's a level of trust that they're showing in your work 
and in what you're doing. And then social media is about relationships. How do you build relationships online that will help you in the work that you're trying to do? And then finally, social media is about two more things. It's about generosity. Instead of talking about yourself all day, talk about other people, talk about, uh, about other institutions, talk not just about how great you are. And finally, social media is about people and how do you get attention to the work of people in what you're doing. So here are some things that social media can do for you. <coughs> Number one, help you find new ideas, trends, and opportunities. Connect with audiences in deeper ways. Bring eyeballs, traffic, and attention to your work. And help create, enhance, and improve your brand. And I find that most people do one or two of these things. Most people don't do all four things. So if you can think about ways in which you can incorporate all four things, you're gonna be more successful on social media. Well, social media also has problems, as you know. You know the term FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. It also gives you what's called tech neck from looking down on your phone all day. Uh, loneliness, and you can also insert your societal crisis here. So I'm going to, we're gonna do something together I want you to um, know that the way we use our phones, looking down like this, is really bad for our necks, right? Basically, we have the weight, we have a very heavy head, your skull, you're looking down like this. So, uh, somebody who was a, uh, an expert on, on neck health attended uh, one of my workshops like this. So she said, please teach everybody how to be safe with their phones. So we're gonna do a little exercise. So her point was that, you know, you're on your phone like this, this is really unhealthy. Even holding it up just a little bit will save your neck. Okay, now, here's what we're gonna do. If you would all uh, put your finger, take two fingers like this, everybody do this, take two fingers. Put it on your chin, right? And then push back, not up, but back. So you should, like this, just do that. That'll build your neck muscles so that when you're old like me, you're not like this and in pain. So try that again. Just push for two minutes a day. She said, if you do that, not up, but back, right? Two minutes a day. If you do that, you'll save your neck. 20, 30 years from now, you'll save your neck. So I encourage you, I encourage you to, uh, uh, to do that. It's, uh, we, th this is part of, you know, the, they also tell you don't take, don't put the phone in your bedroom, all of those things. We, people say that, but everybody keeps the phone in their bedroom and makes it hard to sleep. As go and diesel at a Dumraglavon, Kitlish's production wala, Evin Vadela Carbonaglavon, Lokak Shuhas Grupak Trasata, and it disturbed Kornakare Ramaso. जशे वाढले वाढले शहरांनी प्रदूषणाचा लेवल वाढला तशी दुयसाय वाढल्या अशीच परिस्थिती आमच्या गोयाने येतली काय असं सगळ्यात भय पडला अरे बस येता अरे बस येतली जल्यार गोंग 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 करू आवाज करतली पेरे 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 करू होर्न मारतली कळे बरे हे किती रे आवाज नतो ना मुरे ना घुसलो चमत्कार चमत्कार नी गोय सरकार Pollution free, eco friendly, electric buses. Don't touch. Go inside the stairs.
कदंबा ट्रांसपोर्ट कॉर्पोरेशन ई बसीस विथ फुल्ली एयर कंडीशन फॉर्टी सीटिंग कैपेसिटी यूएसबी सॉकेट्स रिजनरेटिव ब्रेकिंग सिस्टम प्रवाशांचे खातीर एमरजेंसी बटन कदंबा बसी जितने फैसिलिटीज दिता फैसिलिटीजी बस या स्कीमी अंतर्गत जवर जवर पंचवीस प्राइवेट बसी दिता स्टूडेंट्स कन्सेशन सीनियर सीटिजन्स कन्सेशन कैंसर पेशंट्स री ट्रेवल इतने प्राइवेट बस ओनर स्कीमी खूब आदार मेटा आता पीवपरज ना शुद्ध श्वास आरोग्यदायी प्रवास आरोग्या हमी गोय सरकार पड़चो ना खंच कमी